Welcome to the official Jets podcast. We are presented by WinBet. Betting is a team sport. Bet together at WinBet. Eric Allen joined as always by the mad backer, Bart Scott. How are you today, brother? I'm doing good, man. I mean, I was expecting victory Mondays, but I understand. Listen, the team went out, went on the road and had a hard fought um, match. Now I just want to worry about what the injury report is and you know, what some of the outcomes are of, you know, the x-rays, MRIs, and the status of our stars because we got a must-win coming up this week. So we're taping on Monday. Robert Sala just addressed the media at One Jets Drive. He said Mike White right now, day-to-day, took a number of shots to the rib area, actually had to be seen by doctors at a local hospital following the Jets 20 to 12 loss to the Buffalo Bills. And then Quinn and Williams calf injury at first, it looked like people were thinking, wow, this might be a devastating knee injury. So let's start with Q first 10th and 11 sacks of the season. What a campaign he's having. We've talked about it multiple times, all pro. I think definitely a pro bowler, uh, Best case scenario for the Jets right now, don't you think? Yes, best case scenario. Um, he was having a tremendous game. And you know, also ask yourself, what happens if he continues to play in that game? Does Josh Allen have the freedom to step up and really hurt the Jets when, you know, with um, his legs late in the game? I thought that was a turning point. It was a couple of turning points in this game. But, you know, with, undoubtedly, you have to give him his credit. You know, right now, Chris Jones, you know, early on has been getting all the credit as the best interior lineman this year. Um, of course, Aaron Donald was always one of those guys you can put in that conversation, but, you know, he's injured with a high ankle sprain. You know, I believe right now if Quentin Williams is able to come back and continues to play and can lead this team into the playoffs, you can potentially see him as defensive player of the year. I understand that Michael mm. Parsons and Nick Bosa has been getting those same accolades. But when you think about the team, the impact, the change from last in the NFL last year in almost every category – um, to almost first or top 10 or top 15. And the, the, the big difference is Quentin Williams been dominant. I mean, why not Quentin Williams for, you know, defensive player of the year, especially when you consider, you know, from an interior lineman standpoint, he's going to be able something to say, hey, I got the same sack totals that these guys got, and I get doubled. I believe I saw a stat like at 60 to 70% of the time he's doubled. And if he has the same, you know, sacks or close to the same sacks as, outside guys who just have to beat a half of a man or a slide protection. Why not? If you're in Buffalo right now, long-term, are you worried? Because it sure appears like to me that the Jets defense has become Josh Allen's kryptonite because Robert Sala said last week, Josh Allen's like Superman and he is a big time weapon, but the Jets defensively, had so many answers in two games. It's not just like they did this over 60 minutes. They did this over 120 minutes against a potent Buffalo attack. Yeah, I mean, listen, styles make fights and matchups as well, right? And I think when they look at each other, they both have the same defensive philosophy. You know, yesterday you can see that Buffalo is missing Von Miller, so they were a lot more aggressive in blitz packages. The Jets don't really blitz. You know, I know that we came with one of these, you know, sauce blitzes off the edge. You know, it looks like they had some type of automatic whenever they had a nub in, you know, but, you know, for the most part, it's about, you know, teams relying on their defensive line and not giving up big plays down the field and relying on, on great linebacker play and also, you know, a rotation of, of defense linemen that can really 
try and outpace opposing offensive linemen. So when they see each other, you know, much like, you know, the Ravens and the Steelers, you know, are mirror images of each other. I feel like within this division, you know, because of they know you have to deal with the weather, unlike Miami, they built their teams to reflect the the area that they play in because you yep. can't just build your team like Miami to be ready in, in, in warm weather. You got to build for cold weather games. And I think that's what the Jets have done and the Bills have similarly done the same thing. And the Patriots are trying to get there as well. Um, you got to talk about three teams that know they have to play in cold weather that try and build their team through the run game, the trenches, and also the defense. What did you think about Mike White after the game? Michael Carter said an effing warrior. The guys in the locker room love his courageous style, kept on battling. A couple things here. I want to ask you about White through three games, but also you mentioned something that is a key point here. What is a counter for the Jets against the pressure? Because you talked about the Bills getting home with the repeated pressure packages. I imagine they're going to see this against opponents coming up who might not be as good as the Bills, but they're going to try to copycat that game plan. Well, turn protection, right? I mean, you don't want to give up anything in the middle. and You got to make sure that your packages your, your, your packages are in sync. You know, I thought a lot of times they were, he was able to get it off. You know, sometimes, you know, they were forcing him. And the problem was he was getting third and longs because mm-hmm. they weren't winning on first down. And that's something they have to do better with. You know, I, I, I don't really like the RPO type of runs because everybody knows that Mike White isn't a threat to keep the ball. So, you know, they just heat him up and the guys crash down and slant, you know, flatten out and, and try and t- make the tackle from behind the line of scrimmage. And that puts you in second and long, third and long. And he was making some third and longs, but you can't have a steady dose of that. That's not a high percentage football when you're trying to pick up third and longs and third and sevens, third and tens on a consistent basis. You know, I think the turning point, of course, you know, you know, a veteran that was having a great game and C.J. Mosley, you know, jumped over the top, went Bobby Boucher, you know, <laughs> on, on, on the Bills. And, you know, that extended the drive that led to the points that kind of opened the game up. What are you going to say about Garrett Wilson? We talk about him every week, but now he has that rookie receiving yardage mark passing Keyshawn Johnson. He saw a lot of Trey Davis White. He was working his way back in the lineup, a fine cornerback. But again, Wilson acquitted himself so well. Yeah, absolutely. He's a, he's a playmaker, man. He's a guy that takes the short stuff and goes long. I think um, eventually we got to start trying to get him on some, some vertical routes because guys are going to start sitting on those routes. Mm-hmm. Maybe some double moves, you know, some some out and ups, some in and some sluggos, right? But you know, he continues to compete, and that's what you love about him. You know, what I mean, he competes and he's fearless going into the middle, knowing that he's going to take some hits. And um, you know, I'm, I'm happy also that he got the record because now I don't have to hear Keyshawn's mouth walk around with his chest like a peacock, so I can make fun of him. And what he would counter with is that it took 20 years or 30 years to do it. But um, I think you know, when you look at Gary Wilson, you should be excited about where the young man can go. You know, because you're you're also thinking about this year and you're also thinking about next year. Like, what does that look like with Brees Hall? What yep. does that look like once, the, you know, the Jets continue to improve this roster? You know what I mean? What what does that mean, like, going going forward when they have an opportunity to get their offensive lineman back in? You know, so this is like almost a bonus year where you want to take it as far as you can go, but then you want to build off of it and you have the weapons, the draft equity, and the salary cap space to do so. Robert Sala is very calculating with his messaging. You know that. And Mm -hmm. sometimes he will relay what he told the players. A lot of times he doesn't to the media. On Sunday, he said after discussing it with the players, 
he said to the media, I told them we are going to be back here, meaning Buffalo. What do you yeah. think about those remarks? And what do you think? How do you think that goes over in the locker room? I mean, I think it goes over well. I think he's seeing the Jets as the seventh seed. Seventh seed pays the two seed. I think he's thinking that, hey, you know, maybe um, Miami beats them or, you know, Kansas City continues to win and they slip up, you know, because maybe the Bengals beat them. Buffalo has a tough schedule remaining. And, and, and I think he's saying, hey, he thinks that they're going to slip up either between Miami or they're going to slip up between the Bengals, which makes them the two seed. Kansas City's probably going to win a division. And guess where we're going? Week one of the wild card week. And yeah, we're going to be, you know, um, not the favorite. And but get your mind right for the concept of coming back here and playing in this environment, playing in this element when the stakes are a little bit higher than what we play for today. I mean, I think that's a good message to have. Short term and long term, how much of value were those last two weeks? You didn't get the wins. You probably could have cemented playoff status going to Minnesota and Buffalo, but we knew they were going to be tough trips. It started that trek seven and four. You come back seven and six, but again one possession games where you're making teams that have 10 wins apiece earn it at the end. Yeah. I mean, I think it's valuable experience and it, it's always something to grow from and learn from whenever you have a young team that doesn't have collective experience, you know, you're getting collective experience. And I told you, you know, what I believe was going to happen with Miami going out there. Yeah. And now that the reports are that they had heaters because they were cold in 55 degree weather in Los Angeles it gives you confidence that, hey, maybe they might lose their third in a row against Buffalo. <laughs> and, you know, if, if they couldn't handle 55 degrees, what the hell are they going to do on a Saturday night late, you know, going against a team like the Buffalo Bills? So you're starting to watch the, the scoreboard. And now you're saying, okay, well, maybe, just maybe, we, we are able, if the Bills are able to help us and then we're able to help ourselves and the Patriots are able to beat them, maybe the Dolphins – you know, don't make the playoffs and the chargers slide in and it's slotted the way accordingly. So now that's the problem. When you don't take care of your business, you have to watch the scoreboard and start seeing all these dream scenarios and percentages. And that's not where you want to be. You always want to control your destiny, but that's the, that's the reality you find yourself in. And that's the, that's, that's the bed that you've made and you got to lie in it. Hey, you been out there on the field. You played against a number of great players. You've also seen guys clearly get frustrated. Do you think the Jets defensively, getting back to them for a little bit, it really got in the heads of Allen and Stephon Diggs? Because a lot of times, Diggs wasn't even getting targeted yesterday when he was playing against the likes of a Sauce Gardner or a DJ Reed. I mean, I think game has to recognize game and understand that it's going to be tough sledding. You know, I equated everybody has a style or a player that kind of matches up with them well and makes it difficult. I mean, when, whenever I watch uh, the Saints and I watch the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Lattimore, to me, owns Mike Evans. Mm. You know, Revis owned almost everybody he went against. So it's like, you know, watching like Revis go against Steve Smith. Like, and you would think like, oh, this is going to be a battle. No, it becomes one-sided. And, you know, I think, you know, when you look at these Jets um, cornerbacks, they're playing at such a high level that quarterbacks don't want to risk it, especially in those conditions. Because in those type of games, if you're not 100% sure, a turnover can change the outcome of the game. One possession game, a game that was almost 0-0 going into the half, you know, you better be safe than sorry. Because now I think it's a level of respect that you're not throwing at a rookie. You're, th you're throwing at one of the better corners in this league. 
and you're not throwing at a five nine undersized corner, you're going against one of the, the, the most competitive corners in the game and somebody that, you know, I believe should be a Pro Bowl, have heavy Pro Bowl consideration. I think Jets fans should be excited not only for these last four regular season games, but what's ahead, right? The way this roster has been built, because you're talking about playing inclement weather. Well, this Jets defense is going to travel. It's going to travel in 2022. It's going to travel 2023 and beyond. And then you're talking about when you look past this season, I know we're going to talk about this season, but you've mentioned Brees Hall before. Brees Hall getting back to a backfield that is talented even when Hall is not in the lineup. And then you get an Elijah Vera Tucker back up front, and you can start looking at the Jets not only in terms of, okay, these four games and what potentially the playoffs look like, but beyond that. Well, don't don't forget uh, Makai Becton as well. I mean, when you, when you consider that and understand that they can go out and improve this team. And like I said before, the value and the beauty of this season is the fact that the Jets are, are telling people that it's safe to come, that we have adults in the room and they have a plan and maybe you can help us get where we need to go. So if it's a Tyreek Hill, if it's a disgruntled guy like Darren Waller that says, hey, I want to get out, they're going to consider the Jets as an opportunity of a place to play meaningful reps and have play meaningful football because no longer are they saying, you know, why the Jets? They're saying, I hope the Jets. WinBet is bringing the excitement of Win Las Vegas to online sports betting and casino play. Get in on all your favorite teams, players, and sports. From boosted parlays to live in-game odds on every major sport, they have what you need to win. Jets fans in New Jersey, sign up today and use promo code XJETS. And after placing your first $100 wager, you will receive $100 to bet with. You will receive a $50 free bet and a $50 casino bonus. Again, the promo code is XJETS. Offer subject to change. Offer only available in New Jersey. Terms and conditions apply. You must be 21 or older to participate. Please visit winbet.com to view welcome offers available in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New York, Tennessee, and Virginia. All right, so where do you stand on a backup quarterback position? Robert Sala was asked about it Monday at his weekly news conference and he said we're gonna have to talk about some things joe flacco of course came into the game when white had to go out for a couple yeah. snaps against the bills if you're him what are you thinking as far as this decision is concerned i mean i think i think you know joe flacco came in and he he wasn't ready um and that's a tough situation to be put in but that's what you get paid for. I think, you know, if Zach has done enough to prove that he's healthy and that he's worked on his fundamentals, I think that maybe Zach should be the backup because you don't know what the status. You're going to have to have three quarterbacks up this week. So that means that you're going to have to maybe shorten your rotation on the defensive side, on the defensive line, which is tough because the Lions have, to me, in my opinion, the best offensive line in all the game. And if you don't have a healthy Quentin Williams, you're going to have to have guys that's able to get to Jared Goff who's playing you know, at a, at a, you know, uh, all-star level to me and what he's been able to do. And Jameson Williamson came in and got his first touchdown. This team can score on anybody. You may have to be involved in a shootout. How much stress do they put on you offensively? I can't wait for this matchup lines offense versus the Jets defense, because you said you think this is the best offensive line of football. I was talking to Leger Ducible about it 
before a couple hours ago. He said he they put so much pressure on you with the personnel packages they apply out there on the field. Yeah, just look, they got rid of TJ Hawkinson. It seems like their passing game got better. Their running game got better. Swift is a dual threat type of running back. So, like, they're hitting on all cylinders. They're confident. They just beat a team that you couldn't beat in the Minnesota Vikings, and they beat them pretty handedly. So they're feeling good about themselves. Let's see if they can play because they don't play the same indoors or at home as they do away. So let's see if they come in on the roll in the elements, see if they can handle this type of football, right? Because I'm sure they're going to be practicing outside in Detroit because they play in the dome to try and get acclimate, you know, acclimated to the weather and the conditions. But you never know what you're going to do and what you're going to face when you walk into Meadowlands. Um, what do you think about the challenges ahead for the Jets? Not just the Lions, but then a short week at Jacksonville. Can you talk from a player's perspective how difficult that is? Not just at any point, but so late in the season where you're playing two games in five days or four days. Yeah, what you have to say is, hey, everybody has a tough part of the season. This is ours. Right. And, you know, look at it. If we able to win two of these games, let's take care of business against the Lions so we can get some rest. We can allow some of the backups to play and finish strong so we can get out there healthy, understanding that we have a short week and, and make, you know, Jacksonville is a team that right now, because they beat the Titans, they're only one game back. You know, the Titans have to play the Chargers. So it's very realistic that you know, you're going to get the best of Jacksonville because they have hopes of sneaking into the playoffs as well if they're able to take care of business and come in and beat the Jets. You know, so every team that the Jets play has play, playoff you know, aspirations. So you're going to get the best version. So if the Jets go to the playoffs, they're going to earn it. Essentially, the playoffs start now for the Jets. Do you think 10 games still get it done? Gets it done? The way I was looking at it for a you while, know, it, Bart, it, is that it, 10 would do it. But now you watch L.A. play, and like you said, Herbert looked very good. Uh, on Sunday night football against the Dolphins, and they got a favorable schedule, so maybe they get on yeah. a run. We're still going to be watching the Patriots tonight to see what they do. Um, and then Miami, you've been pointing to their schedule for weeks about them potentially falling back, and of course they have the last two games. I think it's going to be a three-game losing streak because I don't think they're going into Buffalo and winning on, yeah. on a short week themselves. And if it's three, it can be four because you talk about then going against the Patriots and even worse weather potentially than what they do. But what you can't do going down to that final game, if you don't take care of your business, that's not even a meaningful game. You know, you, so you can't, you can't, you know, wait for everybody else to beat Miami. Then you get to Miami and then you don't beat them. And you're going to have to beat them at home against the, 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 the element. So, you know, they're about to go into two games where they're dealing with tough weather you know, conditions and they're not equipped for it. And then now they get to get you in a comfort at home. So you would say advantage them. So you better make sure that you can store as many nuts as you can because, you know, it could be a cold winter if you get all the way this close and then fall short. You know, I think it'd be, it would be so demoralizing, I think, for this team. Well, if you hold serve at home, you're 9-6 and six going to Seattle. Wouldn't that be fun? And what do you think about what you've seen from the Seahawks because they've taken a couple steps back themselves. Uh Obviously, they got those guys on the outside who are going to challenge you, and Geno's having a great year. We know that. Defensively, they've been very suspect on the ground. Yeah, of course, but the thing is, like, are you going to be able to, to get there? Because they can. Geno can throw for three, 400, where the run game is going to be, you know, voided because you got to catch up. So, you know, that, those are the things that you get concerned with, you know, like 
going to the 12th man, that that crowd noise, that that's always a tough place to play. So you better take care of business, man. Like you got to run run some games off. Like you let some games get away. And whenever you let games get away, tradition they come back to bite you in the butt. So now you got to get some games that you're not expected to get. Like you got to win Jacksonville Lions, but you got to go and beat Miami. You got to go and beat Seattle in Seattle. And that's not that's easier said than done. But if it was easy, then everybody would do it. And everybody would be, you know, legends. That's how you make your name. You know, this is how you make your fame. When when the chips are all down, what do you do? Mike White, we started talking about him earlier, taking those shots. What do you think his ceiling is as a quarterback? We've seen such a small sample size so far. He's made three starts this season. I think it's six starts in his NFL career. But what do you think White can ultimately become? I mean, that, that I really don't know, right? That's up to Mike White. But also the, the Jets are going to be put in a tough position um, because they're going to have to try and retain Mike White because, you know, Zach Wilson hasn't been healthy, right? And he's been in and out of the lineup his entire career. But I believe Mike White is coming up on free agency because he was in the same draft class as um, – he was in the same draft class, as I believe, as Lamar Jackson and Josh Allen and all those guys. He came in with those guys. He was a fifth-round draft pick. So I don't know what his status is as far as free agency, but – I can see teams trying to sign Mike White if he's available. And so the Jets are going to have to overspend to try and keep a quality guy that is a backup but could potentially even be a starter in the future. Yeah, uh, and White has earned a lot of fans in the locker room. Uh, There's no doubt about that. So Detroit, can the Jets get off to a fast start like they did against Chicago the last couple of weeks. It's taken the offense a while to get going. What, what would you switch up early? So they, they bet they bet they better jump on them early. They better get to go off early. They better have something to beat those protections. I mean, you saw, you know, I know, you know, not every week is the week, but you saw the, the domination that the Patriots had against Detroit the Lions, And, you know, if you go, if you want to put yourself in the same caliber of that team, you got to be able to shut them down the same way, right? So, listen, you can make this easy, you can make it hard, but you're going to have to have your best performance because you know they can't stop, you know, anybody on offense. Now they're um, opportunistic and they can make plays at times, but you know they they're not consistent on the defense side of the ball. It's going to be incumbent that the defense don't have any lapse in judgment, that they don't have any MEs, that they make all the plays that they have, so they have to pitch a shutout. Because you don't want to get a team like this an opportunity because they're so explosive on the offensive side of the ball. Uh, uh, very little surprises you at this point. What do you think about Bam Knight? Undrafted free agent, more than 100 yards from scrimmage in each of his first two professional games. That's against the Bills. He gets into the end zone, first professional touchdown. Had more than 70 yards on the ground. He, coming out, they had him at like a 4 or 5. He's a mm-hmm. lot more explosive player than whatever it said on paper. Well, everybody doesn't run a 40 particularly well. I mean, Jerry Rice was a 4-6, but I don't recall any time in history Jerry Rice getting caught from the back. So, I mean, Barry Sanders the same. So, I mean, it's, it's, it's track speed and it's game speed. You know, are you the same guy? Is he the same speed when he got his pads on? Because a lot of people, when they put their pads on, aren't. So if he's the same speed when he put his pads on, then he's just as fast as everybody else who doesn't you know, translate that speed, that track speed to, you know, putting on shoulder pads and helmets. 
you know, so I think the Jets have, you know, they, they're going to have some, some, some questions to answer, you know, going forward. But so far, so good. But Bam Maggie's acquitted, well, acquitted himself well. And like I said, it always comes back to the fact that I believe the Jets have done a tremendous job in being able to um, just sustain injuries because that's what happens. That's what the NFL is all about. And they've done a good job in, in getting quality depth to be able to sustain and be able to still play at a high level with all these injuries that they had. You know, no Max Mitchell now for the blood clocks. You know, they just continue to plug guys in and they give themselves a chance. What do you think the atmosphere is going to be like here the next two games? Because the last time the Jets made the playoffs, we talk about it all the time. You got to go back to when you were playing, when you were suiting up in that locker room in 09 and 10. And what do you think the atmosphere is going to be like? Joe Douglas talked about in the offseason. We got to be playing meaningful football. Well, you've already crossed that box, crossed the check in that box. But uh, what do you think? it's going to be like for this young group to be around those fans who are so hungry. I mean, it's, it's gotta be, it's gotta be like irrational. I mean, it's gotta be crazy. I mean, it has to be a real advantage. Like when you, you hear people talk about like environments, tough places to play, they never say the jets. Like that's a challenge to the fans to come out and be heard. Right. You know, you have to do your part. And we know that it, it we know that it, it's, it makes a difference. We know that it affects quarterbacks. Like you know, I, I can recall when we were doing what we were doing, that was an advantage. Now challenge the fans to see if they can do their part. You know, if you can help your team, and we all know, you know, Arrowhead is crazy. Make it difficult. We know that the twelfth man is difficult. We know that Pittsburgh is difficult. The Jets have to, you know, fans have to accept the challenge as well to make a difference. All right, let's look at the entire landscape real quick. NFC, is anybody going to challenge Philadelphia? Yeah, Philadelphia looks, you know, you know, vulnerable to me. You know, yep. I mean, I think, you know, out there you look at Purdy. Like, I always say this, and I had this, you know, discussion on my radio show today, when you talk about strength of schedule. Like, you know, I think right now you just don't know, right? Because we thought that, hey, Tua Tungvaluwa was a MVP candidate. Oh, man, this is the greatest show on turf. Well, they had to face the varsity for the last two weeks, and they've come up short. And so now we have a different opinion. Hmm. We're just talking about Miami potentially, you know, um, losing five straight or losing four out of five or losing three out of five. That would have been fathomable. Like, oh, Tua has won every game that he started, right, until he played tougher teams. We don't know what those tougher teams are for the NFC East because they have the softest schedule, strength of schedule in all of football. So is this just, pat, you know, stat padding? Like, you know, is this TCU? Is this Cincinnati from last year? When you look at it with a fine tooth comb, their best win is Minnesota. Minnesota was just not favored against a five and seven Lions team. This, you know, so like, you know, we know that the Bengals are battle tested, right? They went in, beat Tennessee. They went and beat, you know, Mahomes, right? We don't know what this team is because the first step up in competition they're going to get is when we see them play Dallas with Dak Prescott. I think the AFC is going to be fascinating. And if the Jets get in, do you think one of those contenders, whether it be the Chiefs or the Bengals or the Bills, are going to be like, ah, not the opponent that we want to face, just considering what they have defensively? Yeah, they, they know that it's going to be a tough out, right? They know that it's going to be a tough out. You know, they know, like, nobody wants to play a team that plays hard. 
that's that's been been in a lot of close games that play defense to the tenacity that you do because you're like, hey, even if we win, man, we beat up. You know, they, they you know, so of course nobody wants to play a team like the Jets, just like nobody wants to play a team like the um like the Titans. They, they, you know, people shun against these physical, physical teams that just have a dying belief that they are always in the game and won't quit. All right, man. I'm not going to say we're quitting, but we're going to get out of here. You got any um, holiday plans over the next week, or are you just putting your head down and working? I put my head down and working, but I'll have some time, you know, you know be able to go, you know, woosah out a little bit. I always make sure I find time for that. You got to keep your mind right so the body can be strong. Okay, buddy. Let's see you. Hi, right, buddy. With the McDonald's app, you can get your favorite thing delivered to your door. So if you were looking for a reason to skip washing those dishes you left in the sink, consider this a sign. Right now, get $0 delivery fee with any purchase of $15 or more, only in the app. At participating McDonald's, minimum purchase excludes tax and service fees. Delivery prices may be higher than in restaurants. Other fees may apply, not valid with any other offer, discount, or coupon.